This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of September 6th, World 100 Week. Cannot wait. We're going to be at the Big E coming up. I'm your host, D-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Lions Kovac, big week for him. Robert Holman, the b-ball, Mr. Hoop Jones, talking a little smack before before the podcast, which I love to hear from Robert Holman. And then Pirate Ship, the pirate, there, Kyle McFadden with his nice little, uh, I didn't even notice that a couple weeks ago, Kyle. You said you were in that, but that that's a very, is that your childhood home, like, wallpaper? <laughs> no, it's, um, <laughs> I'm just here bunking with some friends in Ohio in between, you know, World 100 week and going back home after the Hillbilly 100 at good old Tyler County. So I have to, you know, find a, a stop in between. So then this is, this is what we have. I like it. Reminds me of Peter Pan or Pirates of the Caribbean with that nice little wallpaper backdrop there. All right, really quick. A lot of racing happened this past Labor Day weekend, which, you know, historically is where a lot of guys can win some regional type races. We had, you know, the World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil Series racing as well. So we'll start with Robert Holman. What is one takeaway or one winner that you like thought about here this past Labor Day weekend? Made a lot of guys good money. I've got the uh, I've got the, the timer set here, and so I'm going to name I'm just going to throw out two guys, uh, uh, John Ruggiero. I hope I said that correctly, Junior. I mentioned that in Fast Talk. Twenty thousand uh, dollar crate win down at Cochrane. Uh, you know this is a, and it was a six oh two win. Uh, this kid is getting better and better. I've we've raced against him at uh, uh, at, at Cherokee, and uh, we're fortunate at, I think to actually finish in front of him. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, pick up a $20,000 to win crate race. Uh, Cochran is huge. And the other guy I'll mention is uh, Jamie Oliver. Uh, last Just last night, uh, I'm sorry, let's say Monday, Monday night, one of the, the rare actual Labor Day races that we had on Labor Day this year, over at Ray Cook's track, picked up a $10,000 Southern All-Star win in a, a race that was, uh, I think, a, uh, a race – I want to say that that race was uh, a benefit, not a benefit, but a memorial to his one of his family members. So, uh, congratulations to Jamie Oliver. That's probably a career, like you just mentioned, a lot of guys picking up regional wins that are career high paydays. That's probably a career high payday for Jamie Oliver, and he's a really longtime racer there at Tri County over in Brasstown, North Carolina. Congratulations to him picking up a huge uh, Southern All-Star win. It's a, a good payday for a regional racer. Yeah, and that's the reason I like uh, Labor Day weekend, Robert, is just you can get these regional-type guys getting first career big paydays. My weekend uh, winner is Josh Rice, $10,000 at Circle City, $10,000 at Red Hill in Sumner, Illinois. Uh, when we think of Josh Rice, we think of him just – only winning at Florence. But if you look at his schedule and look at his results this year, he's won at plenty of different places. He's run up front at a certain events. So uh, just wanted to give Josh Rice a big time shout out there. I thought he was one of the, you know, weekend winners winning two five figure paid or yeah, two five figure paydays back to back 10 grains with the ultimate Heartland series. All right, Kovac, what about you? What's your uh, overall thoughts from this past weekend? A lot of race wire updates, a lot of, a lot of action going on. There was no rain. That's how, that's one thing. That's for sure. There was like no rain this weekend. Uh, usually we get, I mean, it's been a while, you know, I think the hillbilly was rained out last year and you know, there's, there's been some, I mean, that's, we got a wide expanse here. 
uh, in, in this country uh, that we had covering races. And man, it seemed like it was nice and hot some spots, but, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, rain free. Most of the places we didn't get many, uh, many cancellations at all. I, I don't even think we had any actually. So we had the full complement of races. One that stuck out to me was Chad Simpson winning the MLRA uh, the second night at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland. He won $11,000 there. And it's like, I kind of, I didn't even realize it really. I mean, it's been since 2018, July of 2018, when he won a World of Outlaws race at uh, at Davenport. That was the last time he'd won a, a five-figure race. I mean, he's got, you know, a double figures win since then, more than, you know, probably more than a dozen wins in the, in the last, uh, you know, few years since he, since he won that uh, 10 grand outlaw show and man it's a that's a that's quite a long time you know to to go without a you know a bigger win so maybe he's getting back on track he'll have a um you know maybe get some uh, get some money in his in his race team there and he's also you know going for that mlra championship and just one other thing talking about money is uh talk about the two winners uh the biggest winners of the weekend you know ricky uh, ricky thornton with two wins bobby uh pierce with two of his own also and they're both at around $750,000 total earnings this year, which is amazing that we could really have $2 million winners without having to win the million or something this year. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's really looking quite possible for that. I mean, geez, right now at that, at, with what Thornton has, if he wins that uh, Lucas Oil championship, that's a $200,000 uh, amount right there. So he'd only need another 50 grand in the rest of the year to go over a million dollars. Uh, in this, and somewhat really the same with uh, Bobby Pierce. I think it's $150,000 to win the World of Outlaws title. So uh, that would put him with only needing, you know, uh, about 100 grand left to to win. I mean, it really, can both of them you know, either wins uh, Eldora this week, they could go over $800,000 already at the beginning, of, you know, early in September. Pretty pretty big numbers there. It shows how good how how well they've raced this year. We're gonna have a good video piece of the showdown between Ricky Thornton Jr. and Bobby Pierce headed to the Eldora World 100 that me and uh, Tim Truex did. People, I think they're really going to enjoy that. Yeah, it's going to be crazy if you can get two guys with a million dollars back. Pretty wild. Uh, all right, Jack Sparrow, what do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, I think a weekend winner has to be my taste buds over Port Royal. I mean, goodness gracious. Oh, we, uh, by the way, Kovac, we, he sent yeah. me so we many photos. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, you all, all kinds of photos, photos. <laughs> food, all yeah, food, uh, pierogies. Absolutely. I don't know. Get, every, get everything. Pierogies. You had the turkey dinner, right? The turkey with the mashed potatoes Actually, and all that. I I missed out pretty badly on that one, um, dude. They ran out of food at five thirty p.m. They closed at seven on Saturday. They they ran out of food. That's never happened. What? Before. Oh my yeah. gosh! So little. You didn't sad get the big meal. Get my turkey dinner. But had a fried pea, PB&J sandwich. Um, that was interesting. And uh, some other ins and outs in between. But, um, yeah, no, Greg Satterley got back on <laughs> the cake. Yeah, that that <laughs> that was quite lethal for sure. Um, Juniatic that's, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah, he's young. Yeah. He can handle all that stuff, you know. It was good. It was good for a night. So, uh, but – Greg Satterley, you know, getting getting back on track at Port Port Royal. He, I kind of been off his game a little bit the past week and a half going into the world, but uh, seems all is right after after his big win there, Port Royal Speedway on Saturday. I think that paid seven thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars in the Butch Renninger Memorial. 
and then uh, turned turned around and went to Tyler County there on Sunday for the Hill Hillbilly 100. And you know, Jonathan Davenport looked uh, looked a lot like himself there from last year. You know, once he grabbed that lead, he uh, no one could really get all that close to him except Dalton Wilson. You know, who also had even though he didn't win a race. This weekend, he he was my weekend winner in fast talk, just because um, you know, he had a, 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 a stock raising weekend uh, in position there to win on Friday there at Portsmouth in the ten thousand uh, unsanctioned show, and had a motor let go with less than ten laps left, and then gave Ricky Thornton Jr. a run for his money there at Portsmouth again with the Soul Series on Saturday, and then led the first sixteen laps of the Hillbillies before finishing second there to JD on Sunday. So. Good weekend there for Dalton Wilson. Good weekend there for my taste buds and, and uh, you know, all of the Port Royal vendors up there at the fair. So, uh, but now it's on to the world. Yes. And like I said at the top of the show, it is World 100 Week. Uh, I saw some posts, this, you know, this week leading up to it that uh, Robert Holman, they have the audacity to say that the World 100 is the most overhyped event in dirt late model racing. Uh, what's your response to that? Cause that got me fired up because it has the largest crowd by far at any event we go to. It's $5,300 to start any win a damn globe. If you win the whole thing. And I don't know, it, it got me really fired up. It's always historically the highest car count too. So how can it be over? I was, well, I, I, I ironically, uh, I was just thinking that before you, and we haven't, discussed this before we didn't discuss that we didn't mention it before we started uh recording this so i was just thinking the same thing uh, were we gonna was i gonna mention it were you gonna mention it because I, I think we probably read maybe the same post or two and it's it's uh it's ludicrous now i i i don't think that i don't think that eldora always produces the best racing uh, and in fact, I've gone on record to say it's not my favorite track. It's not by a long shot, but the world 100 itself is the absolute pinnacle of our sport. It was before the media jumped on board a long time before it was before there was streaming a long time before there was streaming. So the world 100 is not overhyped to drive up streaming numbers. The world 100 is not overhyped to drive up attendance figures because the attendance was already there. There, We haven't overhyped it for anything other than it is the biggest, is the Super Bowl overhyped? It's not always the best game, but it's not overhyped. It's the freaking Super Bowl. You know, are the commercials at the Super Bowl overhyped? Maybe. But the Super Bowl is not overhyped. The Super Bowl of our sport is not overhyped. The World 100 at Eldora Speedway is electric. Again, I've gone on record by saying there are other race tracks, there are other races that I like, not races, but race tracks that I think race a little bit better because I'm personally, and this is a personal thing, I'm not a big fan of the big race tracks. I've, I've said that many, many times. I like bull rings. But the World 100 is that event where you like, you get there and you're, okay, when I first went there in 1992, if I had a cell phone at that time, I would immediately been texting my brother saying, holy shit, you've got to see this place. Okay, that's, that's 1992 before streaming, before dirt on dirt, before 
you know, anything that I, I other than newspapers. So how could it be overhyped if if this is that got me fired up too, Derek? And and the thing is, I'm not like I said, I, I sometimes I'd rather like I love East Bay's my all time favorite racetrack probably, um, and so when it's good, especially. But if I had to pick between going to one event per year, just if I had to pick between the two, I would probably go to the World 100 because the World 100 is is it's a great atmosphere. You have the best drivers, the, the best drivers show up at the World 100. OK, everybody doesn't go to East Bay. Everybody doesn't go to the Hillbilly. Everybody doesn't go to Davenport, all these other tracks that are really good race tracks. But everybody goes to the World 100 and they go for a reason because it's the biggest race of the year. They don't go because uh, the media has told them to. They don't go because the media has said, if you don't go to this race or try to win this race, you're a nobody. They go because it is the biggest. It is historically the one. That I don't usually get fired up that much about Eldora personally, but that what I was reading. In fact, I was just reading it, you know, Tuesday, and we'll have to think about my days, Tuesday morning. And I've thought, and I didn't respond to it, by the way, because someone actually responded in the way that I would have basically by saying, you know, that it was, it was huge before the media started promoting it like we do. So it was already big. I, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand. I've, I, I gotta, I got, where's the Tylenol? I gotta take a break. Jesus. Yeah, we need to get you a new clock too. That was over two minutes. Well, I didn't say I'd go over, stay under two minutes for that. I didn't expect to answer that question. Jesus. No, that, that, that rant was awesome because I agree with every single word you said. So I'm happy that you went over, over the allotted time. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But Kovac, we kind of talked about it in the, you know, earlier today when I was talking to you that maybe we're just like, there's like maybe a winner's fatigue a little bit that people are just, the hype might not be there as much than maybe it's used to because we're seeing the same guys win. You know, I don't know. that Could, could that play a little part into it? Because we're going there expecting that, you know, one or two guys are going to win it. Well, I don't know. The same guys used to win a lot in the 90s and the 80s. Jeff Purvis won it, what, three times in four years? And, you know, and then uh, Bobby and Donnie Moran and, and uh, Billy Moyer and Scott Blue. I mean, that that is, I don't. I these people that come up and start saying like, oh, it, it's it's predictable dirt late model racing now. That oh, the same guys are going to win. I mean, the same every era of late model racing, every era of sprint car racing, every era of big block modified racing of NASCAR racing. Ha, well, I mean, not NASCAR because nobody wins really that lot that much in NASCAR and everything. So. You know, it's it's kind of blah, but you know, there's always been somebody that gets like on a roll and wins a lot of races. That's how you become a star. No, we're not going to have stars in late model racing if a guy would just win. If there's like everybody just won three or four races, it's not going to happen. You have to have guys that you're like, oh God, I don't want to see that guy win anymore. Well, that's going to make them. That makes means they're a star because they're doing so well. And it's it's that's the way it is with Jonathan Davenport at. At Eldora, you win, you got to beat them. You got to knock them off. You know, I mean, if you if you're gonna win, want to be the man at Eldora, you got to beat that man, right? That's what he always thought about. JD always thought that about beating Bloomquist, and uh, you know, and now he's now he's doing it. Now he's the man. 
Go out there and beat him. Beat Overton. You got to beat him if you want to be the man there too, you know? So I don't I don't think anything with like this there you can't bring in any oh well it, it's unpre- it's too predictable as as bringing Eldora down or anything I, I think it's just because Eldora is so big people want to bring it down they always want to bring down the big thing you know whoever's on top they kind of want to bring down you right. know and so you're not it, it, everyone's not going to just I mean that that's just a that's that's a fact of life I think right um, and if you're going to tell me that that it's overhyped, Eldora is overhyped, then, I mean, then Daytona 500's overhyped, the Indy 500's overhyped, the Super Bowl, the Super like Bowl. Said, you know, everything is overhyped. I mean, there's something that's going to be the biggest deal. I'm not going to go on some regular show. I mean, there's there's probably a better, much better week. There's a weekly show that probably had better race than Eldora will have this weekend. It, it's It's logical to think that. Every race isn't the best when everyone's eyes is on it. There's always some race that's like not seen as much. It's probably going to be pretty good, but Eldora is the one where everybody goes to, you know, I mean, that's the, you, you need something that's the overriding thing of the whole sport and Eldora is it. And it's a great atmosphere. I love going to it. If you want to, if anybody wants to say it's overhyped, go ahead. Don't, you know, then don't go. All right. You know, don't watch or something. I mean, it's just, just the way because there'll be plenty of people there and there'll be plenty of people watching because it's a, it's exciting. There's a great atmosphere. Yeah. And we can't really, I mean, every Super Bowl is not, it's a classics. We had that Rams Patriots right. ones. It was 13, three, the Buffalo bills got beat by 41 Super Bowl. Uh, I think it was all through the nineties. Yeah. There were, it were it all like it was blowouts every year, you know? And so, it's only it's actually it took a while for it to get be get get to be good Super Bowls it seemed like there's probably a lot more worse ones than good ones but um yeah that's you, you, it's but it's it's not just about like what actually happens on the track I mean if that was the case then Pennsboro would have never even had one dirt track world championship because you know I, I mean it, it was never a good race I'm like I'm going to Super Dirt Week at Syracuse you know where Big Block modifies everything that was never R. a good R. race but when you pulled up you pulled up to the place. You got a good. You, you just felt like you were at something bigger than, than, uh, than the biggest thing that you you could see as a in in your sport in your division, which is the way Eldora is. Yeah, that's Kyle McFadden Rigsby. We had that uh, hype video in 2019. Home, like you just go there every year. I've been going there since 1999, and I always go visit the section. I always sit at to say hi to my dad. And, the people you saw only one time a year was at the World 100. And just listening to the sound bites from the hype videos, like how much it means to everybody, I think it was just a crazy statement to say. Uh, but I don't know. Like, like Rigsby and me were talking beforehand, has races caught up to it because there's more and more of like high paying ones? Or do you, I, I still think I said, no, Rigsby, you're wrong. The World 100 is way out in outer space. Everybody else is kind of down here in tier two and three. Yeah, I mean, I've only been the one World 100, and that was last year. And it, it I didn't think it was overhyped. Like, that was, that's definitely not my takeaway, you know, from it. And, you know, that comes from somebody who's been to, you know, Knoxville Nationals and um, even some of, like, the bigger events in NASCAR, like the Southern 500 and whatnot. So, um, it's just, like, I, I just think you, like, you guys – covered it well and you know just like as robert was talking about like this is this is this is the race that 
if you're a dirt late model racer, if you're a dirt late model fan, like if, if there's one event in the entire year that you want to get to take off work, go camping, see all the best drivers in one location, it's Eldora Speedway for the world 100 at the end of the year too. Right. So it's like, you know, yeah, we still have like two months of racing left, but like, this is the Super Bowl, And so like, it doesn't get better than this. Drivers and teams have had all year to work on their cars, gel together as a team. Um, I mean, we have so many storylines going into this week too. Like Ricky Thornton Jr. Like, like, like what, what could that do for his season? Right. Well, it could, it could turn from a career season to a historic season, I think in one week, right. If, if he wins that world 100, you know, Bobby Pierce, like he could become one of, I think two or three active drivers to win multiple world 100s before the age of 30. Right. Um, like that's a big storyline too, you know? And so like Jonathan Davenport, yeah, I mean, he's, and he's going for his record tying six globe this week, right? So like I don't even want to hear about the world one hundred is is bland and it's lost its luster. Like it's that's ridiculous. And I don't I don't even know who said those comments. You guys don't have to say who posted that or who said that, or if it was just some fan who has no credibility. But um yeah, no, I'm not on on board with with that. And so um, yeah, I mean, like, even in sprint car racing, like, I was going back through, like, Knoxville Nationals, for people who even care about these stats, like, Steve Kenzer and Doug Wolfgang won 16 of 19 Knoxville Nationals back in the 80s and 90s, right? Donnie Schatz won 10 of 12 Knoxville Nationals. I didn't hear anybody say back then during those times, at least during Schatz's reign, that, oh, you know, like, Knoxville Nationals was overhyped because Donnie Schatz wins every flipping year. No, like... It's just you need to appreciate the event for what it's for, and the World One Hundred is um, it. It is the ultimate crown jewel, no matter what anybody says. Atmosphere, event, car count, all of it. So yeah. Derek got his. There we go. There it is. There it is. Weekly mutant. Uh, all right. Twenty okay. something some minutes in. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine. We're good. We're good. If you guys, I was on a tangent there. I was so fired up, but I said, if any of you guys want to, you know, have an argument with me this weekend about how this race is overhyped, I will gladly sit down with you and we can go on one-on-one. Uh, and just, you know, sometimes all world 100s don't live up to, you know, live up to the hype that certain season, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's overhyped. So people need to keep Derek, that in mind as well. Yeah. Derek, I would like to, I would like to say a one laugh, one beer with someone you and someone who truly thinks truly not someone who's faking it but someone who really thinks eldora is overhyped that would be yeah, i will do that i will do that instantly and i will take him to the woodshed i will take him out back and take him to the woodshed because <laughs> i would dominate that uh argument no doubt about it um just kind of changing Tony pace Stewart into the conversation too. But, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah we don't need tony stewart though because he knows the guy yeah Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know Tony very well, Kyle. Very so we're not going to go anymore I do. into that detail. <laughs> I do. We're good friends. Yes, we are. Very, so, very um, good friends. Yeah, just changing pace a little bit. One of my favorite things, getting dirt on dirt from like 2007 all the way up until, you know, the last couple of years working there. But when I was a fan, my favorite thing to do was reading 
and I'd probably have to do this when I got home on like Sunday because there was no internet service, was scouting the heats by Todd Turner. Basically, he would do like a little scouting report of each heat, what he thinks going to happen, who is hot coming in, and he would predict who's going to win. I just thought that was like one of the greatest content pieces that Dirt on Dirt ever did that Saturday of the World 100. Like I said, though, I probably had to read it on Sunday when I got back home to school or something. But uh, So we're going to scout scout the fields. I'm going to give you guys a driver, each a different driver. It could be one of the favorites. It could be a dark horse. And I kind of wanted you guys to scout, do a scouting report on the driver I give you. So we might go through like three or four rounds here. So you guys ready to go? I think you guys are up for the challenge. Look at that. Robert's ready. All right, Robert. I'm, I'm going to your... fail miserably, but let's go. <laughs> All right. So this guy coming in has had a lot of heartbreak Eldora finishes. But this summer, he's kind of been struggling a little bit. I would not say it's one of his better years, and he would probably agree with you. He got a new race car. Will this help out Chris Madden? This is the first guy on the list. Chris Smokey Madden for Robert Holman. Let's get a good scouting report on him coming into the weekend. You know, uh, let's see, Madden finished third last year, so he's obviously capable, you know, of, of winning the race. But, you know, you talk about the heart heartbreak. Uh, he also was at Eldora the year that one year he was in Bloomquist car and and he um, and he has a, a legit chance to go out there and win that thing. And he has electrical problems sitting on the on the starting grid there before he can even get on the track. So so with Chris Madden, uh, it's almost like we're we're really flipping a coin. You know, we're flipping a coin here with with him, which Chris Madden is going to to show up. Um, you know, uh, uh, as I, Kevin, you know, tells me that Chris is going to be in his Longhorn this year. So how much, how much does that play a part in, uh, in whether or not he finally gets over the hump? Um, I think, uh, two years ago, he finishes 15th last year. He finishes third, I believe. So again, which Chris Madden is it going to be? I think that on any given day, Chris Madden has a chance to win this race. But he has to, for starters, one thing I've noticed with his Longhorn is that he has been really fast. So I, I wouldn't early in shorter events and short runs. So it really wouldn't surprise me at all for Chris Madden to win a heat race, for Chris Madden to win one of the prelim features. But one thing that I've noticed that he has to really start working on is his long distance races. And keep in mind also Chris Madden is one of the better long distance races racers that that we have in our sport but his car itself has not he hasn't really got this longhorn dialed in just yet to making those long distance runs so i suspect chris madden will be a uh will be a contender i think he could win like i said a prelim i think he could win a heat race but i don't think he is up to winning this race this year um, I look for him to finish uh, somewhere top seven or better is what I'm thinking about Chris Madden. Yeah, we'll see how he does with the, uh, that new Longhorn chassis that he debuted a couple weeks ago. Uh, was running very solid the last couple years in that Rocket chassis. All right, uh, Kovac, I'm going to go with, let's see for you, let's go with Hudson O'Neill. Uh, I know that you've uh, followed that Rocket One car a very long time and obviously – with Dirt on Dirt and the World of Outlaws. I feel like, though, they were very happy leaving the Dirt Late Model Dream just because that car was so balanced. He looked he looked very good at the back in June. 
Yeah, Hudson can win. He can win 100 lappers. He's done it before. He won a few 100 lappers in one year, uh, you know, with Double Down Motorsports, uh, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, he 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 can go long distances. He he's a he just by the way as we're doing this uh, as we're recording this it's his birthday his twenty third birthday also so he's a uh, he's he's growing older he's getting he's maturing he's growing up here so twenty three year old uh, uh, Hudson O'Neill heading to Eldora this weekend um uh, the thing is Mark Richards I, I mentioned this on our video cast that we did, we recorded also that Mark Richards has been he's sixty two years old been going to Eldora. Uh, as a crew chief and for probably more than 20 years now as a car owner with the rocket one uh, house car he's never won the world 100 he's never finished second in all those years in the world 100 he's had chances obviously his chassis have also won the world 100 but him personally has never won it uh third place was his best finish there uh that that's it's still kind of crazy i think that was 2000 with davy johnson also so you know he almost could have won it in 2006 probably with josh richards if josh would have had more experience in that really really great race won by earl pearson but uh he didn't and he still hasn't richards feels like he's dale earnhardt at the daytona 500 because of it uh does that kind of go transfer over to hudson o'neill his father never won the don never won the won the world 100 either he won the dream never the world 100 so uh, Hudson's trying to do something that even his father's never done. This will be Hudson's eighth start, uh, eighth attempt at the World 100. And, you know, back in 16 was his first time he didn't qualify. Um, 2017, remember, you remember the first time he made it, uh, 17 as what was he, 17 years old then? That's a good six years ago. He started, started on the, on the pole, pole that race. Yeah, he started on the pole. I was, that was pretty impressive. Um, uh, and then he finished 17th. You know, he didn't, he didn't, couldn't keep it up for 100 laps, but, uh, his top finish is fourth in one of the 2021 worlds. Last year he was seventh. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, he he's not the guy that you're gonna be thinking of just because of the, you know, his history. He's never really been in contention for a World 100 win, like right up front, leading laps, and uh, the the Rocket One car is just, you know, Richard just has his jinx there. So uh, do they combine here? Is that they going to be jinxed just because the Neil O'Neill family's never won it either, and Richards? Uh, we'll see. It's never not until it happens does uh, can you can you break it? But but jinx are meant to be broken, and maybe uh, I mean I, I I'm not putting him in the top few guys the tier of winners just because of the history of everybody else. But uh, he's right there after that, and he'd be one of the top guys to jump in above the Davenport's and Overtons and McCready's and McDowell's. Yeah, I just remember in 2012 with that yellow 71, Don O'Neill was uh, fast that summer and, you know, got the lead there. And then he broke off the race. But uh, just close heartbreak hotel for Don O'Neill. Maybe, the uh, you know, his son has a lot more chances in front of him. So maybe he can get that first win for that, you know, for Martinsville, Indiana. So we got that breaking news there uh, today, Kyle McFadden. Uh, Brandon Shepard will be not only racing in the Rumley car this weekend, but next year he'll be in the Longhorn house car, which maybe somebody can elaborate more here in a little bit. But so I'm going to go with Brandon Shepard only has five victories on the year, but they were five, you know, big time paying races, you know, $20,000 or more. I think, I think the only other one he has is, uh, you know, one of those split field races up in uh, Wisconsin at Fountain city. So how do you like Shepard's uh, weekend? I know he's, I mean, Rumley cars had pretty good history at the biggie. Yeah, for sure. And 
I was also looking back through some stats before the show here today. And Brandon Shepard, he's got six straight podiums here, riding into the World 102 wins to show for two during that span. So he's on a little wave of momentum here coming into the world. And, and, um, and you know, he's won this race back in 2019, obviously, too. And he, he gets around Eldora well, obviously not on, you know, Davenport's pace and Overton's pace. And, um, but like, I counted 26 top 10 finishes tied with tied with Dale McDowell for the most at Eldora. Um, you know, that's just of any kind of feature at Eldora prelim also count, uh, two and, um, over the past five years. So, um, he's, he's, he's consistent at Eldora while, you know, the, the big wins haven't come yet. Um, he, he knows how to get around that place and, um, with Kevin Rumley on his side this week too. And with the big news also being announced and out of the bag. And, you know, he, he has to be feeling ex extra good about that. And, um, you know, knowing that his, his best years are perhaps only to come. So, uh, and those Longhorns have been so good at Eldora too. And um, I think he's flying under the radar this week. So, uh, He's certainly got a shot, definitely in the, the, the top eight, top ten list of, of favorites to, to win this week there. Robert, I'm going to give you a guy. Uh, how about Mike Marler? He, uh, social media, they showed out their car, what it's going to look like, kind of like a World War II themed. Uh, Mikey Marler, he's, he won there in uh, the Castle Race. Uh, he'll be in a Longhorn. He's ready to go at it. But you think Mike Marler, he seems like he's hit or miss, though, at the Big E. Seems like he's always in the top five, top three lurking, or, you know, he just has some bad uh, bad luck on his side. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that that race, I think that Marler won. I think, first of all, I think you must be slipping these other two guys their names ahead of time because they've got all these great stats about all the people that you, all the, these guys, and I have nothing. But I do know that the race that Marler, I think that the race that Marler won there in the spring was his first, I think it was his first ever race that he won at Eldora, right? And it's hard to believe that a guy that, that, uh, of Marler's caliber, that that's the first time he, for him to reach victory lane at, at Eldora. So, and you're right, Marler is a, a fully hit or miss. He either runs up front in contention for some of these races. Or he doesn't make the race. You know, how many times have we been there that that Mikey has ha, had been on a great had a, been having a great season, and he and he loads up early. Um, I I don't. And again, that's one of the things we love about Eldora is everything's based everything on Saturday is based on uh, Thursday and Friday. It's not based on everything you've done since January. There's no provisionals except for those points provisionals from Thursday and Friday. So that's one thing I love is a guy like a Marler or any, anyone, a Madden, Marler, Sheppy, they could come into this race and be having the, a career year and not even get into the World 100. That's what I like about it. But as far as Marler goes himself, he is having um, a quiet season. Uh, when he does get out in race, he's very competitive. Uh, he is definitely – now probably has a little bit of confidence going into uh, Eldora based on that win in the spring. 
and uh, he's he's in um you know he's in the Longhorn like so many of these other guys who are having success. So I don't see any reason why uh, he can't come in here and complain. I mean, complain, compete. Uh, I I get I did. Let's see. I said Madden is probably going to be a seven or better. Oh, it's really hard for me to to pinpoint. Uh, you know, it's really hard for me to pinpoint Marler himself. I'm going to say probably. Uh, I don't. I'm going to say a top ten guy for Marler. I don't. I just don't think. You know, I think uh, and Kevin's Kevin's feeding me facts right now. It's, that's how great Kevin is. Uh, he's shooting me, shooting me all these great facts that, uh, you know, he's like only two top fives uh, in uh, his 17 attempts since 2003 in the World 100. And six of those times, you know, he failed to qualify for the race. So, so like I said, he's either he's very much uh, hit and miss on, on that deal. So uh, I'm going to say top 10 for Marler, uh, top 12. I'm going to say he does uh, get the monkey off his back and, and makes the show and runs well in those prelims. But I'm going to say he's probably a, a ninth through 14th finish for, for Mike Marler. I mean, I need to go back and write all this stuff down afterwards after the show so I can see how, how dumb or how smart I am after this whole process. Well, I got confidence in you. I think you're going to you're going to nail all these uh, Robert, so you're gonna feel good after on Sunday when you get all these uh, correct. I hope so. I like to I like to make sure I like to make you happy, Derek. All right, perfect. Uh, come back. This next guy, I feel like he's under the radar, feeling maybe a little disrespected because it wasn't the summer he wanted. Uh, but I tweeted out this guy's gonna win the World 100. If you like zoomed in on my video, he was all fired up at Portsmouth. You talked to him in uh, full detail and wrote a blog or uh, a column about him. What about Brandon Overton? I feel like after, you know, two years of his dominance in 21, he's kind of a dark horse almost. Like people really ain't talking about him, especially with the years with like uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. and Bobby Pierce. I think, I don't know. I think this is a chance where he can make some noise in a redemption tour for him. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like it, it's crazy that uh, a guy that's uh you know won that won so many big races now in the last few years, Eldora. I mean, you kind of forget a little bit about him just because he hasn't been winning all these races this summer. Uh, his only win was a uh, you know a, a couple weeks ago at Port Royal, the seven the split field race. That was his first win since Talladega's fifty grand outlaw race back in April, and uh, and he also didn't even run in the, the dream. He had to scratch from, he didn't get to run the feature. He had, he was sitting there watching in a lot of, uh, with a lot of soreness in his neck after those crashes uh, that he had back in, uh, back in June. Um, that puts him in a little, you know, I mean, that, that, that definitely dulled the momentum that you always have for uh, that Brandon Overton has had uh, going into Eldora uh, so many times in, in, in recent years. I mean, like you just look at his last, his last three world 100 starts, uh, our first and third, that was back in the 2021 20, uh, double World 100s, and a second. His last three starts in the World 100, first, second, and third, basically, you know. So he's got – he's right there. Uh, he knows how to go 100 laps at Eldora. And, you know, his first one, that, that top five, he got a fifth back in 2018, didn't qualify in 2019. But um, he's only run the race. I mean, this is one, two, three, four, five, six. This will only be his eighth attempt. That's the same amount of attempts as uh, as Hudson O'Neill 
will be it's eighth attempt for Hudson O'Neill though this weekend too. And, uh, and Brandon obviously has more, has had more success than, than Hudson, a little more experience too, you know, like I get a little bit older. So uh, I would not be surprised at all if Hudson, if uh, Brandon gets right back on track this weekend. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just his place. And I think that when you've had that much bad luck last, uh, that, that, and that dream, I mean, that, that every, all the good luck he and good, good runs he'd had kind of came crashing down and at the dream in June. And um, I say it turns around. I, I didn't pick him to win. I picked, uh, you know, I, I picked Dale McDowell to win in our uh, video cast, but uh, I think that uh, we're, we're going to see Brandon Overton right there in the mix. Yeah. I think it's after that, uh, difficult and struggle that he had in those hard hits at the dream. I think he's ready to go out there and say, all right, guys, I still got it at the big E and I've been, been trying to pump him up here the last couple of weeks. Kovac said, don't worry. <laughs> we're going to get out the, you know, the cheater car. Like they uh, had make, they had let him go yeah. tech there after he won both those all four nights of the dream. So uh, yeah, Brandon Overton, I think he'll be, uh, be right up there at the end. Okay, Kyle, this guy has made 15 straight world 100s. He's only missed one since 2002. He's like fine wine. You look up, he could have a horrible qualifying effort. He goes through B mains. What about the Mac Daddy, Dale McDowell? Can he become the oldest driver ever to win the World 100? Hey, I mean, he's having quite the year. Um, I think this past weekend when he won the Hunt the Front deal, I think that was his 10th win of the year, right? So, um, you know, his, his first double digit win season since 04, right? Also the same year he won that topless 100 comes back around this year, wins that very race again. And uh, the year after that, I think it was 2005, you know, that's, that's when he won his world 100 too. So, um, you know, early 2000s coming back in the form here for Dale McDowell. And, you know, I, I would not be surprised one bit. I don't think anybody would be surprised one bit if Mac Daddy parked it on the stage at Eldora on Saturday. And, and um you know, I think, and this goes for any driver, right? And it's obvious, but, you know, if he's looking, if he's looking like the Dale McDowell that we know he can run at Eldora during the prelims, watch out on Saturday. If not, I, I'm not saying that, you know, he can't come from behind, but um, usually when, you know, the Mac Daddy runs well on a prelim night, that bodes well for him on Saturday. And uh, that would be something. That would be quite the scene. I think it'd be an all-time moment, I think, in our sport if Dale McDowell goes out and wins that race on Saturday. I think we'd be talking about that for the rest of our lives, honestly, or at least thinking about it. I think that would be a moment in time that would never grow old. Um, you know. So, yeah, he's he's right up there with, you know, the best of them this week, and it's it's so refreshing and so cool, cool to see, you know, his journey. Uh, still alive and well and still winning still winning the sports best races and still at least being in contention to win those big races as uh james essex said it's the mock daddy dale mcdowell trying to go for a second world 100 i know this one would mean even more special to him because he will cross the finish line first uh like when he won the last time shane and bab light at the scales all right we're gonna go to the favorites now we're gonna get you probably the top three favorites here robert holman tell me a reason why JD isn't the favorite or wait, no, he is the favorite, right? I mean, a lot of people are going with Pierce Thornton, but this is Jonathan Davenport's playground. I still like, is he still the favorite overall? You know, it's hard when we look at, uh, when we look at these guys that, uh, 
that are having great years. When we look at uh, Bobby Pierce and Ricky Thornton Jr., it's hard to believe that when we talk about Eldora, that maybe they're not the first guys that come to mind immediately, you know, but it's because of guys like Jonathan Davenport, you know, you know, JD is, has won what one, two, three, four, five out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or something like that. That's why, in my opinion, he is still the favorite going into this race. He is the, the reigning world 100, you know, champion he uh, uh, he is the reigning dream winner. So why would he not be? Uh, why wouldn't he be the favorite? I don't care what kind of season you're going. It's, no matter what kind of season you have, from January to to whatever we're in now, September. When you look at the World 100, it's different. Throw everything out. The World 100 is a different animal. Just like when people leave Speed Weeks, they say, well, forget about anything that happened at Speed Weeks. It's a different animal. Well, the World 100 is also a different animal. Anytime, those first probably four or five times that I went to Eldora, uh, Donnie Moran and Billy Moyer Jr., those they won them all. You know, they were the, the winners. So why, when I went back the next year, would I not have assumed or picked either one of those two drivers to to win uh historically speaking and and when i'm talking historically speaking i mean the last decade jonathan davenport this is his place jonathan this is it's is his favorite track i think you could see something this year and i'm gonna go ahead and jump to october i think you could see a very historic thing this year and see a jonathan davenport sweep all three major events and it would be historic in the fact that the world the dirt track world championship has never uh been at eldora that's the history part but i i think that jonathan davenport could win all three of them but to do that he's got to win this coming weekend i have no reason to believe he's not capable of that he just won the hillbilly he's he maybe he not he's not having the the headline type season that uh, rtj and that and that bobby pierce those two guys are having but man, he won the dream. He just came off a hillbilly win. He won the world last year. Why would he not be the favorite coming up this weekend? Yeah, plus he won the million. So this guy is on a heater at the Big E. It's going to be very tough. A lot of t- chatter and talk about the two drivers that are out front uh, nationally throughout the 2023 season. Kovac, uh, this guy has dominated the Lucas Oil season, uh, broke the record for the most wins. Has won prelims at Eldora before. Can Ricky Thornton Jr. get the job done? Uh, just scouting a report on him a little bit. And I think this is a very important weekend as well, just to see how he shapes up against, you know, the Brandon Overtons of the world, the Jonathan Davenports of the world. So when they go back in October and he tries to win that championship, he can kind of see where he is with his programs against the guys that are so good and they'll be competing again in the top four. So I think it's very important in that sense as well, not only win the world, but $300,000 are on the line in October. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that Ricky Thornton Jr. can compete for this. I, um, he hasn't he hasn't run the Eldora Crown Jewels as many times as Bobby Pierce, but I kind of, and he hasn't won one like Bobby Pierce has, but for some reason I just get this like sense that he might have a better shot at it than Bobby Pierce does, just judging by how they've run at Eldora in, in the you know, in recent few recent times here, Pierce 
hasn't had a top five in the world 100 since he turned 20 when he, you know, he won the race at 19 years old. He hasn't had a top five since then uh, in the world. I mean, he, he has run, had a little bit better luck in the dream, but not, but he still has not like really been in the mix for, for a win like he was when he was still a teenager, which is kind of amazing. Uh, Ricky Thornton, and during the dream in June, he really could have been, and I mean, he was moving up. He was just as he was coming into contention. He finished fourth in the dream. Just as he's coming into contention, the track rubbered. He he didn't get up there fast enough uh, to be able to like you know deal with uh, you know get up there and, and race with with Davenport, who already made it to the front before it uh, you know before it took rubber. Uh, then he was just kind of along for the ride in fourth place the rest of the way. So the way he ran there, that kind of proved to me that he could do it at Eldora. I mean, he, this is, it's, it's, this, you got to remember this year, he's like jumped like so many steps in a progression of a late model guy. I mean, going from winning like a handful of races to winning everywhere. I mean, everywhere he's gone, just about everywhere he has raced this year, he has been a, a serious contender, looked like he could win that race at some point in the night. Uh, or in the feature. And, and so that's why I have no doubt about uh, him being able to do it at Eldora because he did it already in June. Uh, he'll be, he's just operating too well. And, and he, again, he has run well in the past there. So yeah, he, he's, I'm putting him a little bit more on uh, of this, the guy's uh, a little bit more of a head of, uh, of Bobby Pierce, I think for, for this year, for this weekend. All right, Kyle, defend your honor against Kovac. Why will Bobby Pierce and just a little uh, – I felt like back in the dream, that was the best bounce car he's ever had for a full week in Eldora, even though like, he could run the bottom, he could run the middle. Historically, he could always run the top, and he kind of alluded that to us in the video cast of me and Rigsby saying, like, hey, that car felt damn good in the slick. And once it rubbered, it was a little tight, but he said he, up until that point, he had an amazing, fun race car. So – I don't know. Could Bobby Pierce win his second World 100? Yeah, I mean he's he's like it's with like I feel like he's gotten like so much better this year, just like noticeably better in the longer distance races, right? And so like I remember I remember last year actually at the World, I was interviewing him afterward, and you know. I basically just asked them, I'm like, do you, do you feel like you've essentially like plateaued in these 100 lap races or these longer races? And it wasn't like anything to, to like knock on him. It like, it wasn't a knock on, on him as much as like, Hey, like just give me like an honest assessment of just how you feel in these 100 lap races, especially, you know, here at the world. And he agreed that he needed to find ways this time last year to go into next year. You know, how, how can he dig, dig in and, and, and take that next step. And I believe that he's on the verge of that. I think he's on the threshold of that. And he's, he's really showed that this year. And so um, back when I followed him during the height of summer, during the Heartland speed week uh, there with, with uh, the outlaws, followed him around for like eight races in 10 days or something like that. And that was the week that really launched Bobby Pierce into the summer that he's having. So having a firsthand look at that and 
And like, he just got better and better and better every single night. And that's really launched him into this summer that he's having. And, you know, he's has that longhorn dialed in now too. And, and, you know, those longhorns have been very, very good at Eldora. I think that really like allows him to be able to, to run the lower parts of the racetrack, you know, the bottom half of the racetrack where he doesn't have to, have to hope and pray for some kind of cushion so he can ride on to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that he's as good of a favorite as any of them. And I also think too, that it's crazy. It's um, I did a little like top 10 favorites piece for um, on the flow website. So that's why I have all these like stats at my disposal. He's one he's had 19 wins over his last 33 races. That's, that's pretty incredible, you know? And so like Jonathan Davenport during his run last year or at like the height of his run last year, last summer, I mean, he won 14 races in a 34 race span. Pierce has won 19 and 33. So um, yeah, I mean, he's got all the momentum on his side and um, he's, he's, he'll be right there too. So, yeah. Twice in one show, Derek. Derek, Twice man, come on, mute, and mute, mute, mute. D Derek, can't hear you, Derek. Earth to Derek. <laughs> Twice in one show. Damn it! And we need to have a that's all right. need to have a big light on your computer. I do. All right. Well, I was just gonna say, sorry again, that uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that feel like maybe could you know have a shot at winning the World Hundred. A few of them trying to win their first globe. A lot of them are going to be trying to chase Jonathan Davenport, who's going for his sixth. That's right, sixth World 100 trying to tie uh, Billy Moyer. And I would say this, if he does win this weekend, I think he surpasses, you know, Billy Moyer at Eldora Speedway just in terms of overall accolades and glory at the Big E. But uh, cannot wait to get there. Uh, we're going to have plenty of content and coverage. But before we end the show, we got to do one more thing. Robert Holman, how about you? All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to start. Uh, my one more thing is, is um, basically I, I'm throwing out a question here, uh, which you guys don't have to a answer, just something to think about. Do guys, and I, I know that James Essex, the Lucas Oil uh, announcer, um, kind of caught some social media flack a little bit when he uh, was, I think he was either doing a race or something. He said something. He was kind of promoting, um, he was basically promoting, the Dirt Track World Championship, which is a Lucas Oil race, and he said something about the World 100 kind of being a tune-up for that race, which kind of caught the ire of some uh, of some people on social media, thinking how could the World 100 be a tune-up for that race? But I don't think it's a tune-up across the board. But think about this: two guys who don't haven't historically had the great finishes that a, a Jonathan Davenport and um, a Brandon Overton have had at Eldora. Ricky Thornton Jr. and um, Hudson O'Neill, first and second in the Lucas Oil points. We know that with this, try to stay off my soapbox, with this really, in my opinion, terrible format that the Lucas Oil series has this year to decide their points. With that format, <clears throat> do Ricky Thornton Jr. and 
Hudson O'Neill used this weekend as a tune-up in terms of trying different things to make sure they're on their best game, to make sure they have everything perfected for when they get there in October. Because we know that no matter how spectacular a World 100 win good is, how wonderful it is to get that globe, and how how uh, you know prestigious it is, there is a lot of money on the line in October for those guys. So I'm just wondering, do those two guys go out there, throw caution to the wind, and say, we've got to try a lot of stuff this weekend to make sure when we come back here in October, we can finish above the other three guys that we're battling. And keep in mind, they don't have to win the race in October. They have to finish ahead of the three guys that they're battling for the championship. Do those guys go out on a limb and say, we must get ready for October, and this is our chance? Yeah, that's what I kind of said to Kovac. I think it's huge for Ricky Thornton Jr. to kind of just see how even of a playing field uh, he'll have going into October after this race this weekend. So great point there, Albert Holman. We'll just have to wait and see. I think I think those guys will be throwing a few things possibly to get ready for that October race because that's two hundred you know forty three forty seven thousand dollars more they'll be racing for in October, counting that points championship than what they will this weekend. All right, Kevin, you sweet little boy. What about you? Oh, D Suave. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'll, you know, elaborate a little bit more on that Longhorn uh, house car deal for Brandon Shepard. It's the Shepard Riggs Racing is going. Uh, it's a four-year deal. It's announced as to to be the house car house car driver, and the car will be based out of the North Carolina China Grove, North Carolina Longhorn shop, and also out of uh, Shepard's shop in Illinois. Kind of both, you know. They'll be in Illinois when they're in the area, and uh, North Carolina otherwise. Uh, which is, you know, it's kind of, it's a, be a little bit different for Sheppy. I mean, Sheppy, you know, he, cha- he left the rocket car to have the stuff at his place, you know, to, to build a new shop and everything. Now it won't be there all the time. They're going to, it's going to be down there in, uh, uh, in North Carolina. You know, I mean, I would probably see, you know, a good portion of the season too. So uh, we'll see how that works out for him. If that, uh, that helps him or, you know, or hinders him. I mean, that's a thing that would maybe he'll have just as he's getting used to having the car around him all the time. It's not going to be around them, you know, for every every day of every uh, every week. Um, but I think that it seems it really seems like uh, Sheppy's really, you know, gotten the getting the groove now of a Longhorn car car after being in a rocket for so long, and uh, you know, with his performances the last few few races out, it's showing. And uh, so, uh, be be an interesting uh, interesting look now next year for uh, as, as Sheppy goes back to being a house car driver. Man, I. Uh, is he going to go his whole career pretty much a, just being a house car driver? You know, uh, he kind of gets the role there. Kovac, we talked about that when we chatted of how being the house car driver, people coming up and ask you about some speed and what he can do here and mm-hmm. there. So uh, good opportunity for that uh, new Berlin, Illinois driver as he enters his for next year. He'll be 31. So uh, be a very interesting uh, how that team does. And I think they got a good hot shoe to fill, fill the roles of Tim McCree coming up this next season. Uh, my one more thing is be sure to go watch the Rotel Doors. I think it's one of the most in-depth video pieces that Dirt on Dirt and Flow does. Uh, we talked to Steve Barnett, the mayor. Uh, we eat some pizza rolls. We talked to the, we talked about the device with Kevin Rumley. Ben Shelton gets swole with uh, Vic, the thrill hill. They're both showing off their muscles there and doing prone holes, but just goes in so much detail, the, you know, the drivers or, you know, just different, 
uh, people in the racing industry into their lives and what racing means to them. And uh, yeah, it's a very special series. We started in 2020. So this is our fourth year doing it, but there's so much fun to do and uh, be sure to check out all those before you head to the big E. Hey, if you're on a road trip, just put them on. Uh, you can hear every single one of them. I think there's 17 of them and uh, they're quite enjoyable to listen to and to watch because some of them I didn't do. Uh, ben Shell and then Dustin Jarrett helped out as well. So they're, they're very great. And, uh, be sure to check them out. All right, Kyle McFadden, bat and clean up. Last, uh, last uh, thing before we go to the World 100. Yep. Before I get to my one more thing, just wanted to make one correction. Uh, Brandon Shepard won the, the 2019 Dream, not the World. Thank you, Kevin, for correcting me on that. But my one more thing is if you haven't seen my post-race tweets here from the Hillbilly 100, this guy brought his tailgate over for Jonathan Davenport to sign and that was that was quite the moment uh after the hillbilly 100 things you only see at the hillbilly right i mean this kid was stoked so um definitely definitely interactions that uh you won't forget there too and you know jonathan said after after that moment uh that if he wins the world 100 he'll sign his camper this week at eldora too so um so yeah if you see jonathan davenport millen and roaming around the campground this week at eldora after he wins a possible sixth globe trophy now you know why so yep jd's going for history this weekend in rossburg ohio for the world 100 going for a six effing globe tying billy moyer for the most all time and we will be live at Flow Racing every single lap, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the 53rd World 100. We'll have live updates. We'll have great stories on Dirt on Dirt as well. We'll have a full recap, one laps, one beer. Keep your browsers locked in to both websites. It's a big, huge weekend for the Dirt Late Model World. The best event by far, the World 100. It's not overhyped. Quit all you internet trolls out there. Stop being such dumb idiots. It's a great time. Cannot wait to see you at the Big E here at Eldora Speedway. Till next week, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.